Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, we're live, pal. We are live. And thank you for joining us. Yes. Very live. So live. We are super live right now as UFC Vegas 39 has come to an end. Huge win for Marina Rodriguez, who got it done. And I know what a lot of people are thinking. Ah, oh, these three dweebs sat there, and they they didn't give Marina Rodriguez a chance. They hyped that hype train, Mackenzie Dern, over don't the hills. Them, Unbelievable. Don't, Not don't feed the trolls, Mike. Don't I'm, feeding I'm pretty trolls. sure I picked Marina to win. You did. <laughs> I think we all said that Marina was the better fighter, but if – Mackenzie got it to the ground. It was going to be over shortly after. And Mackenzie does get it to the ground in the second round. And Marino is in all sorts of trouble. And somehow she survives. She gets out of the round. Things were looking pretty bad. And then she bounced back, bounces back and wins the next three rather convincingly. So great performance for Marina Rodriguez. I am Mike Heck. Jose Youngs is here. AK is here. UFC Vegas 39 post-fight show here on MMAfighting.com. AK, let us begin with you. Your thoughts, just, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes or so after Marina Rodriguez's biggest win of her career. She looked great. She's a contender. She's a legitimate contender. I mean, you, I think I think after that performance, you can tell, like, I don't know if I want to say there's a big four at Strawway right now, but you cannot tell me that she wouldn't have a competitive fight against Rose Namajunas, Zhang Weili, or Joanna Jacek. There's... She has shown nothing but how poised she is, how talented she is. Uh, again, fa- facing more hyped fighters than herself. She's come out on top. This is probably the biggest case of that. Obviously, this was very much the Mackenzie Dern show, uh, as evidenced by our, our man, John Anik, possibly uh, getting a little mixed up in his mind there and, and uh, at the end of the first round going like, a great first round for the challenger. Uh, and he seemed to be referring to Marina Rodriguez. Uh, he then he immediately clarified after the commercial break. He meant, you know, underdog. But that's how how much Mackenzie Dern was the A side of this fight. You know, is that is that this it, that switch in his head went off to immediately say challenger, like as if she was already a champion. But it is it is uh, Marina Rodriguez who looks like she could be a future champion, uh, at least more so than Mackenzie Dern tonight. Not that Mackenzie Dern can't, but clearly Rodriguez is a step above. Um, yeah, it, look, it, we. 
we, Mike, you and I picked the wrong winner, but I think all three of us agreed how it would play out for the most part. Uh, at least I know I did in my predictions. I said I, I if uh, Dern wins, she gets it down first two rounds and submits her. Uh, she got her down, didn't get the finish, and then I said the last two rounds are going to be a real um, just not able to uh, just has to find a way to get in there and get takedowns. She's got to assert, be fine. That's the next level of her game. Yes, she has to improve the striking a lot, but even before that. She's got to get some some really strength in that wrestling because if she can still take people down, then that's you know that 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 uh, closes the striking gap a lot. Then the striking will come last. Right now, she doesn't even have the wrestling yet to uh, to get uh, the fight to her strongest area. So a lot of a lot of areas that need to filled. But it's not about Mackenzie Dern tonight. It is about Marina Rodriguez. Great performance, and she uh, she looks like a real contender. Yep, big second round for Mackenzie. It was uh, a very close. I think it was the fourth round. If there's probably another ten or fifteen seconds, don't know if. Marina would have survived that. I mean, it was very close. Mackenzie was about to to rip off that arm, but doesn't matter. That was then. There is no 10 or 15 extra seconds. There's only five minutes per round. Marina Rodriguez won four minutes and 50 seconds of that round. So clear 10-9, clear victory. She's the better fighter. She moves on to bigger and better, Jose. Do you feel, uh, I don't know, vindicated? You, you picked Marina, but did anything really surprise you in in this fight at all? Um, Not really in terms like... Nothing surprised me what they brought to the table. It was the surprising lack of, the lack of Mackenzie's ability to get the the ground the fight to the canvas. I like remember when Chrome Gracie fought Cub Swanson. Everyone was like, "Oh, Chrome Gracie, if this fight gets to the canvas, that's a wrap." But it's a matter of can he get it to the canvas because because Cub Swanson is such an elite all around fighter, and it just and Cub Swanson is a much more well rounded fighter than Marina Rodriguez, uh, and obviously. We saw Crone Gracie. That was like the big thing. He couldn't get the fight to the canvas. Mackenzie Dern at times got the fight to the canvas, but it felt like it was always Marina made a mistake and Mackenzie capitalized on it rather than implementing any sort of wrestling game to get the fight down and then implement her, her jujitsu. And I remember that was a big knock on Damian Maya for a while. He was such a good jujitsu practitioner, such a good jujitsu player, but he couldn't get there he couldn't get to the ground like we saw it against anderson he just tried and tried and tried and he couldn't and then even he said in a few uh interviews like he actually took time to basically learn amateur wrestling like not full-on wrestling but like setups and takedowns and how to just shoot for these double legs to get it to the canvas like we saw it against like carlos condon where he just got to the canvas that was a wrap and I think Mackenzie Dern, her striking's obviously with Jason Perillo is always, it's not going to be on point, but it's always going to be there. She can learn the fundamentals. She can learn how to block. She can learn how to throw jabs and overhands and all this stuff. Her jiu-jitsu is always going to be there. She needs to learn, a, she needs to learn offensive wrestling, how to get the fight to the canvas in order to implement her jiu-jitsu, or at least how to use her striking to set up any sort of judo type hip hip tosses or throws. Uh, Rose Nama Yunus does a very good job of that. Michelle Watterson has a very good hip toss too. So uh, you just, it was the lack of offensive wrestling for McKenzie that surprised me, uh, especially because we all know, we all said the fight gets the canvas, that's a wrap. But she couldn't even get there. And then when she did, Marina did a, a, a decent enough job at defending. Uh, I feel like the clock saved her a few times, which is why like McKenzie can get the fight down to the canvas earlier in the round she's going to have a much more uh she's going to have a more she's going to get path to the victory easier is what i'm trying to say if she can get it earlier in the round that was uh almost one of the greatest submissions of all time too because mackenzie Dern almost locked in an arm bar with her legs yeah which was just so sick it was so sick but marina did a great job she did just enough to not get finished 
She took a beating. Uh, I actually, I scored it a 10-8 round. I understand if you didn't score it a 10-8 round. I know there's a lot of, like, judging snobs out there who were like, read the rules, bro, read the rules. But I, I thought it was just a dominant, decisive round. And it wasn't just... It wasn't just the grappling in jiu-jitsu. I thought Mackenzie put it on Marina, too, with the strikes. When it, especially when she was in mountain, landed those right hands. She busted her up. I had no problem scoring it a 10-8. If you didn't score it a 10-8, that's fine. No problem. I, it was still a clear win. I scored a 48-46 for Marina Rodriguez. She moves on. And it seems like... I, I don't feel like Carla Sparza... Like, I don't think it's fair to Carla to give her Marina. But I think we have to... I think the fan and all of us of high-level martial arts competition, Jose, we got to do Marina Rodriguez versus Joanna and Jacek yeah. now, right? Like, this is the fight. Well, I she, like, she should go to the press conference yes. right now and call it Joanna, right now. I tweeted yes. out some matches that we need to make. I'm going to pull them up. These are the fights that I would make. If I was Sean Shelby or Mick Tell him. I'm not Tell quite him. sure which one is the matchmaker for the strawweight division, but I have Rose, the winner of Rose Whaley versus Carlos Barza, Joanna versus Marina, Mackenzie Dern versus Claudia Gedalia and Jan Janan versus Michelle Watterson. Those are the fights that I would make. At least those those are some fresh matchups and stuff like that. But uh, obviously the strawweight division is very stacked. It's one of the more deeper divisions in all of MMA, not just women's MMA. But those are the ones off the top of my head that I would like to see. I don't think Carla's Carl already beaten Marina. Uh, it's, but it's in, it's in a – she's in the same situation as Alexander Ratchik is where he already beat Anthony Smith. And he's already could have a title shot, but then like Yuri's right there. And I feel like that Izzy Yawn fight that happened, basically the Rose Way Elite thing, it just kind of put a pause on the division. And now that it's catching up, Ratchik is kind of like, what do I do? Do I wait or do I fight the guy that I just beat? And a lot of people weren't like, as Daniel Cormier said, that was like the worst fight in the history of MMA or something like that. Was it that fight or was it the Tiago Santos fight? I can't quite remember, but I remember Daniel Cormier was very critical on the Alexander Ratchik fight as of recently so carla won fair and square i think she should fight she doesn't have to do she also she also has a win over rose so if rose wins that's just the fight to make and then if whaley wins obviously you have the Ioana rematch or the rubber match with rose and that's a whole nother conversation we can have after that fight happens but no carla get deserves a title shot marina versus Ioana has to happen yeah okay, what, yeah. what kills right. me a what, what kills me about, like, the idea that we have to do the Carla Esparza Marina Rodriguez rematch anytime soon is that's a rematch that, like, that exists. You can always do that one in the future. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's the one. If you're confident that Marina Rodriguez is a world title contender, okay, so you give her – you do the Joanna fight. That's fine. And then you if Carla can wait, if she can afford to wait, please do Carla Esparza. Wait for your title fight. And then if she loses that, then you can do the, the uh, Rodriguez rematch later. And then Rodriguez can – if she redeems uh, – I guess that win back – that propels her into a t- like there's so many ways to do like to lead to that rematch with her and Carla. It just doesn't need to happen next. I don't know what the urge is to, to have it happen next other than if they, if um, Carla needs to fight, that's who she has to fight to, to keep her spot in the rankings, which sucks, but that is who she would have to fight. But uh, again, if she can wait, which she should, um, then, then again, you can do it somewhere down the road. So that's the only thing that I really, really don't like about them. I, I definitely want to see Carlos Barza and uh, Marina Rodriguez fight again, just not anytime soon. It, I just don't think it's fair to Carla. Agreed. So there you go. And then Mackenzie Dern, she'll be back. She'll pay somebody else in the top 10, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully she can improve a little bit on some of the things that she just didn't have tonight, like getting inside, being able to to, to work those clinches to her advantage, 
uh, land some strikes that aren't like just completely charging and sloppy. And I, I thought Jason Perillo did a tremendous job in the corner, just saying the right things. But I just think, I think that second round was a little uh, demotivating. Like very rarely does Mackenzie Dern take somebody down, mount, or, mount their opponent and just have that kind of position for all that time and not come away with the finish. Like that must've been a little bit demoralizing. So kudos to Marina Rodriguez. We got bonuses. We got bonuses. <gasps> should we guess? I haven't seen them. We should guess. Don't look, don't be okay. cheating. Jose. Okay. Mm-hmm. There is a fight of the night. Okay, I would go. I People do not couldn't even hear me. My microphone got unplugged again, so I'm going to say it again. That's Marina, so weird. My how, pick, come, how, how come how <laughs> we can hear you? And they, oh, it's a different, like, it's a plug yeah, into a different. It's just my microphone got unplugged. Sorry, guys. Go ahead. So Let's I'm going to say ahead. Marina, the main event, Marina McKenzie, would be my pick for fight of the night. Uh-huh. And then just process of elimination, I, was, I would say Maria Agapova. Yeah. over Sabita Mazo because that that finish was just all kinds of bananas like knocked her out and submitted her the Romanov finish was violent but I don't think it was like an epic finish so probably Lapita and Steve Garcia just by process of elimination uh, this is not what I think will happen. This is what I would do if I had like complete control over the situation. I, I, I am one of those people who thinks like you should give, I wish they gave more performance bonuses for like, like I hate how if you win a decision, you're automatically like, you can't win a performance bonus. Like that's so silly to me. Like I think sometimes some, some uh, performances are like five round performances are so strong. It's like, why is that not like the best performance of the night? So I would actually go before, and I, I actually really like the main event, but I would give just the performance bonus to Marina. And then I would go uh, definitely uh, another, the other performance bonus to Agapova. And I thought I really liked Damon Jackson, Charles Rosa. So I'd throw them a little, uh, maybe a little fight of the night for their that, that gruesomely so bloody, bloody affair. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. So I know that's not what they're going to do, but that's that's how I would go with it. Yeah. Main event gets fight of the night. Loopy and yeah. Agapova oh, get performance bonuses. Oh, there you go. Which is hilarious well, because Loopy's the big And listen, Loopy, great performance. Hats off to her. Biggest favorite on the card. And oh, very rarely the Lydon. biggest favorite on the card get a bonus. Like, poor Alex <laughs> poor Alex Hernandez just mm-hmm. highlight reels Mike Breeden last week as the biggest favorite on the card and doesn't get a bonus. Yep. And Loopy no gets a bonus. I'm happy for her. She deserves to get a bonus. Yeah, but sure. It's just funny how, like, re- they, they look at it from a week-to-week basis. It's hilarious. She's uh, she's re- she's representing BC as well as Mexico, so yes. I have a lot of uh, lot of lot of love for uh, Loopy. Yeah, Loopy's Loopy's a tough out. She's gonna be a tough out with full training camps, that's for sure. And I think that this fight, at least for her, like I know the opponent was different, but I think in terms of like actual fight camps, this was the longest fight camp of her career by far. Like not even close. Most of her fights are on like less than a month's notice. This one, she had some time to get ready for it and she's a problem man she's a problem so good good for her agapova you knew she was getting a bonus and then she's mm-hmm. cutting ski promos you got to make the marina morose fight at this point that's because, fu- that that's- that is the fight to make yeah, yeah. i mean right i was, i had that i i knew i i didn't because I, I think we all said i'm making sure my my microphone's in I, i'm 
I think we all said Sabina had the the brighter future between these two, and I thought yeah. I think I can't remember what you guys picked. I thought Sabina this was her fight to lose. Like I even no, I said, I said Agapova has the better future, but I thought she would lose. Okay, I thought Sabina had the brighter future and was going to win this fight, and I tweeted like, "Man, did Maria Agapova prove me wrong?" Like, I just think the Shayna Dobson fight was just fresh in my mind and all the stuff that happened between then and now yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So uh, I think a lot of people were tweeting about that. But, man, that fight was bananas. And I had – I remember saying all this. I'm like, well, if Maria wins, they'll just make the Marina Moreau's fight. But that does, that's irrelevant because she's not going to win. So she proved me wrong completely. Like, good on you, Maria Agalva. Yeah. Great performance. Very violent performance. That knockout into the submission was insane. Yeah, it was knocked her out and submitted her all Nasty. in like one fell swoop. Nasty. It was crazy. Great, great performance. What a bounce back. I think her stock probably rose more than anybody's. And I think what I said was I think like skill for skill wise, I think Mazo had the better upside. But I thought like from a from a star power perspective, Agapova had the higher ceiling. And now it looks like Agapova's got all those boxes checked off right now. So good oh, win uh, for her. By the way, as our as our, our pal Sean Alshadi just tweeted, uh, Marina Rodriguez, I guess, is at post fight or doing an interview or maybe on ESPN, said, "I really think that Carla was the one who should have been getting the telefight now and not Wei Li. I would much prefer, prefer to let her go fight for a title, maybe get that belt, and then we can do the rematch for the belt." So, Marina Rodriguez is just hitting on all cylinders here. She's yeah. hitting on all cylinders. She's all. I hope there's all a, I hope there's a but. I want to fight Yuani and Jacek and punch her in the face coming. She, uh, well, I, here's the next comment. Let's, she said, let's be honest. Uh, Joanna shouldn't even be ranked anymore because she's been out of action for so long. So I don't know if that's yeah! just some slander. Well, hold on. That's like some slander. I don't know if she's saying – or she's it's so slanderous that she's saying like like she needs to fight someone else before fighting me. I don't know. But I like that kind of talk either way. I like yes. that kind of talk. Someone has been reading the MMA fighting global rankings and has the same criteria. <laughs> Obviously. Everyone as, does. As we do. We're the only <laughs> rankings that matter. So she gets it. She shouldn't even wow. be in the rankings. But uh, what a way to try to welcome her back into the rankings. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so Make good win happen. for her. Good win for Randy Brown, especially with the toe. And Oof. that was just a pretty crazy fight. Uh, Nikolai Elliott was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Chris Gutierrez gets a split decision win. By the way, that judge was horrendous. How could you score that Yeesh. fight? Kolaris, that's atrocious. Uh, Romanoff is just so fun. Damon Jackson bled everywhere. Uh, Lupe Godinez. <laughs> Unbelievable performance, and then mm -hmm. Charlie Otaveros bled everywhere, but unlike Damon Jackson, he was finished uh, by Steve Garcia. Very gritty performance uh, from the Jackson Wink standout. So sorry, uh, sorry for the guy in our pre uh, the pre fight Q and A, who I think the first part of his parlay was Otaveros first round finish. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guy. Sorry, guy. He was probably he, feeling he, pretty good. He had like two knockdowns, right, in the first round? Yeah, I, I, the, it was almost three. It was almost three. And I, I think hope. what was – yeah, the, like for those who bet on Tavares for a first-round KO, you probably were like a Yankees <laughs> fan. Giancarlo <laughs> Stanton hit a ball <laughs> off the green monster in Fenway for a long single. That's uh, you know what we call you know. those, Mike, those hits? A Stantonian. Stantonian home run. <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs> Uh, I'm into that. I'm just, you guys I'm just the Yankees. The Yankee that. radio voice call on that play a thousand times, yeah. and it's tremendous. <laughs> Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI. 
with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun. But it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Uh, what are the peeps saying? By the way, can, can, while we're pulling up peep questions, this nine fight card, amazing. Oh, amazing. I feel so good. Take notes. I feel so good. I feel so good. I might meet my family out for a little <laughs> while to like have some fun a little bit before the Wilder Fury it's- fight. It started at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and it was only nine fights. I tweeted this. I tweeted, normalize fights that are 10 cards or less. What is what is the – especially now if it's on – like this was all on ESPN Plus, right? Yes. This is all on ESPN Plus, not on TV. So the length doesn't matter. It's not like – like I understand when they used to, you know, they used to have like, oh, this is a fight night. It's all on ESPN2, ESPN. It's like, oh, the, what, what, how, how great it is for uh, ESPN to get like seven hours of programming, like a seven-hour block of USC programming, like the, a guaranteed audience. Like that makes sense. I, I understand that. Um, if it's a streaming-only card, why do you care? Whether Like why should we as fans care whether it's 12 fights, 14 fights? Like you should want a, a little bit more of a brisk viewing, which is what this card was. I think every – I don't think there was like a terrible fight on the card. Um no, I, I think every fight was like compelling in some way. Brown Gooden was maybe a little disappointing, but I mean, given Brown's injury, I, I still thought it was a decent fight. I didn't think it, it was, was a bad fight. Um, and uh, you know, he had an injury, so if that's like the if that's your worst fight of the night, that Brown Gooden fight, you had a pretty good card. It may, I, I, I still stand by my gymnastic system though. It's like <laughs> I was a seven. Just gonna ask. But you know what? It, it was a seven point two out of seven point two. There you go. Nice. Way to go. Way All to right. go. See, way to go. Way to hit way to hit your marks. There you go. One hundred percent. Uh Joseph Boza, true or false? Carlos Barza has to be the biggest winner today. Like I don't even have to read the rest of this to say true, but I will anyways. It was clear they needed McKenzie to win because they were gonna give her the title shot. So yes. I, I mean I don't know if that's necessarily true, but uh, yeah. Uh, I don't Carlos know Barza if it's, the biggest winner. I don't agree the, with the word clear that she was gonna get the title shot with a win. Um I would say it would have been unsurprising if they gave McKenzie Dern a title shot, but I just think that's because people are a little jaded on the word deserving or not. But I still think I'm still in the boat that if McKenzie Dern had won, Carla still would have gotten the title shot. If anything, they would have made Carla versus McKenzie. 
for a number one contender. I don't think McKen- I don't I don't think McKenzie would have skipped the queue, but it wouldn't have surprised me. If she had gotten the submission in the second round, there's a very good chance she was she was going to jump the queue. But yeah, Car Spires has got to feel pretty good right now. She's mm-hmm. probably having a cocktail at this point, feeling pretty good. What else we got? Uh, Scott McCray, the UFC can't make Agapova morose quick enough. Looking forward to this one. Hopefully Agapova got 50k for her performance. She sure did. Well done. That was uh yeah, that was amazing. And then maybe the scariest promo ever she, with the smile and so yeah. nice. Like she's that's a scary woman. Really disappointed in Dern. She looks like she's regressed. She got the girl to the cage, and instead of grabbing her, Dern put her head down, closed her eyes, and threw loopy punches. I mean, there were points of, of some of that, and there were points where she landed hip throws and, you know, landed clean entries and got takedowns. Like, she had her moments. When she, like, when she listened to Jason Perrell and did what he said, it, it, it worked out. Sometimes... I mean, this is her first five-round fights. She's still learning. She's still kind of green compared to a and lot I, of these girls. So. And I don't know if she's regret. I don't think her losing to Marina Rodriguez means she's regressed. She just I lost agree. to a very good fighter. And one of the more underrated fighters on the yeah. roster right now. Yeah, yeah. Think it's, it's, it's how she looked against someone who we now know is a top five fighter at 115 pounds. And she wasn't already. I'm sure there's already people who had her in their top five, um, Marina Rodriguez. So... Yes, again, it speaks more to, uh, you know, Marina's skills than it does. Uh, Mackenzie definitely has a lot to learn, but I don't think she's regressed. I think this is, this could be, frankly, the best version of her we've seen just facing a superior fighter. And I know we all have those fighters where we were on the bandwagon very much earlier than the rest of the world. I don't know whose yours are, but I, if you go back and look at all of our past posts or preview shows with Marina fighting, I've been waving the Marina Rodriguez flag for a very long time. I always, the way uh, Lemos is now, how we all kind of see her as a future contender, that's how it was after the Tisha Torres fight, solely because if you look at like those string of losses that Tisha had, it was like Rose, like Joanna, Whaley, and then like Marina was in there. So she basically lost to three champions and then Marina. And I was like, well, if we keep up this pattern, then Marina's going to be a big deal. And then she gave uh, Cynthia Calvillo, who came in overweight, all she could handle. And then I don't think I scored the fight for Carla, but the fact that it was such a close fight, I still... And then when she fought Amanda Hebos, everyone was on the Hebos train at the time because she was like saying she was going to be a champion. She had to be in Paige and McKenzie back-to-back. Marina is a monster. I don't know if she'll ever become a champion, but she will be perennially in the top five, I think, until she, until she decides she doesn't want to fight anymore. Yeah, I'm with you. She's only going to get better, too. So let's slow our rolls a little bit. Ooh. Ooh. couple questions on Tim Elliott. Uh, do you guys think Tim Elliott won the fight? Clearly lost the third. I had Elliott on my bets. Just curious what you guys thought. I thought Nicolau won the fight. So I not. thought Elliott won the first, and I thought Nicolau won the I saw two. a lot of tweets uh, saying that the, a lot of people seem to think Tim Elliott should have won because Nicolau got the takedown at the end, but didn't do anything with it so maybe tim elliott was trying to get up or showing some sort of offense off his back and nicolau was trying to just ride it out so i think people were maybe upset at that but i saw there's a few comments in our youtube section about tim elliott and like in that fight in general i think i don't think tim elliott was trying to do that much from his back in the third round 
I think the fight was super duper close to that point before the takedown. I thought the takedown was like the one that just kind of teetered it over. Like it was a super close fight, mm -hmm. super fun to watch. I would have loved to have seen two more rounds between those two guys. Like I wish there was like a button that like one of the judges could push. Like it's American Idol or like America's Got Talent. <laughs> And it's just like an automatic two more rounds. Like we just want yeah. to see a three round fight, get two more rounds. That would have been the one I, w I would want to but see. But they can only use it once. A once. One like card. In... Yeah. Once a card. Yep. That would be the one. That would have been the one to use it on. Uh, I think Tim, I think Tim Elliott is so talented. And I think having James Krause in his ear is such a big thing sometimes. And I love Tim a lot. He's one of my favorite guys to interview in the sport right now. Tristan Gordat, yep. He plays around a little right? too much. He feels himself a little <laughs> too much. And I dig that about him at times, yes. but I think that was a detriment tonight. I think that's Definitely. what cost him this fight. Tim Elliott, live your life. But man, yeah, he was he was balancing on one leg, flicking out front kicks like he was like Jean-Claude Van Damme. It was wild. I mean, and some of them were landing. So if you're him, if you're Tim Elliott, you're like, I'm scoring right now. Like we, we see it as goofing off. We see it as like, oh, well, he's playing around too much. But a lot of those kind of weird techniques were landing or at least were clearly throwing Nikolaou out of his rhythm. Nikolaou is a very disciplined, patient fighter, a uh, very smart fighter for a guy his age. And I do think Tim Elliott was throwing him off. And I think this is why people thought it was such a, a close fight. It might have gone the other way because there were times when it felt like he was uh, he was playing to Elliott's game. However, uh, it did seem like he was landing. He was more accurate. It seemed, seemed like he was timing his shots well. So I also saw it for Nicolau. But um, thank you, Ben. Yeah, uh, Ben in the in the comments saying um, that Tim wasn't doing much in that third round. Yeah, I didn't think so either. Um, I don't think, unfortunately, this is the performance that's going to... We were saying Nicolau's a little kind of underrated slash overlooked. Uh, one of those guys in the flyweight division. I don't know if this is the win that's going to change people's minds. This probably keeps him steady, keeps him um, his spot. I don't know if in the official UFC rankings, not that anyone cares about those, that he was behind Elliott. I know in ours, uh, he was already he was already ranked ahead. I don't, I don't know if this moves him. I think we'll have to see what happens with like Kai Car France and Cody Garbrandt. See where uh, where Nicolau ends up moving in the in the rankings. So we got two questions on opposite ends of the spectrum. Ooh, so them both up. What's so funny, Mike? Dueling King Kong questions. I love it. I wow. love this. This is great. Uh, one on team team Romanoff. Uh, Joseph Boza asks if Mr. Romanoff is a dangerous threat for and on the UFC. More of that fresh blood in the heavyweight division is needed. Sam says Romanoff is a fraud. First fight against a legit opponent, and Espino is beating him up. He takes a dive for the technical win. By the way, Aljamain Sterling had a tremendous tweet about that, about <laughs> Romanoff and his and his win and coming back and in the performance. So. Listen, I'll go first on this one. I've been on the Romanoff train since his first fight. I don't care that he beat Rocky Martinez. Uh, and I love Rocky Martinez as well, but cause just it, it is who it is. He is, a, he is a dangerous threat heavyweight. And you could say what you want about the Espino fight and being in the trenches and whether you thought it was a dive or whatnot. This guy is this guy's a problem. This guy is a problem. Jared Vandera is a super durable Really tough guy, really good on the ground too. And Romanoff just chucked him around like it was nothing. And we thought he was starting to fade. And I think I think Vandera's game plan in this fight was like, I'm just gonna let this dude suplex me for the first five minutes. I'm just gonna let him belly to back suplex me over and over again. Let's get tired. And then Romanoff somehow just didn't really slow down all that much and just got better, got him mounted, just beat him up. That's a, it's a dangerous man. I think... Like, if you can't take this man to the third round, 
If you can't get to the third round, you, you're not. It's gonna be a really hard night for you. So, yeah, I think he is a dangerous threat. He's what four? He's fifteen and zero now. Something like that. Fifteen yeah. and zero. I do want to see the Espino fight again. I'd like to see him run that one back. Yeah, I think because uh, Romanoff is on that is is young enough that a loss wouldn't derail. He's like, well, I guess it's the heavyweight division, so string together a few wins in general, you're going to be in the top 10. Uh, we'll see. But I think Romanov is young enough that a, a, a loss won't be a massive dump. What's this face you got, Mike? I, I mean, he's going to be 31 in December. Yeah. That's frightening. He's young <laughs> enough. So and scary. Espino is closer to 40, so I would like to – because he's not getting younger. His his time to, to, to surge for the title is now, so I would like to see him run that back. Because uh, he looked pretty, he was doing well against. He's the only one that's given Romanov any sort of problem in the grappling department. So let's like yeah. see him run that back. Uh, interesting question yeah. that I, I want to touch on from our friend Ben. Oh, uh, can I say something about Romanov yes. before, we, uh, before we move on? Yeah, I just want to say, I, I the only thing this win doesn't do, as impressive as it was, does not move him up that far in the yes. rankings, I think. So w- the thing he doesn't have that Aspinall and Dacus has is they both have, again, their last two wins were against. So Aspinall beat a veteran in Arlovsky. And then a fellow kind of young heavyweight guy in Spivak, Dacus beat a veteran in Olenek, and then a guy who before he was um, he was taken out of the rankings due to like injury and inactivity, uh, Shamil Abdurahimov, who was in the top 15 at heavyweight. So they both have these nice two wins that clearly put them into the top 15. Romanov does not have that yet. He needs to, you know, he needs to get like a again Arlovsky, Olenek. A bit, I think a Ben Rothwell uh, would be a good one. I have him right behind mm. him in the rankings. Some people might put him above him already, but again, I need to see him beat a veteran. Before, before I see him take one of these veteran spots. But, uh, yeah, but amazing, really fun heavyweight to watch. Uh, ben, uh, look at James Krause's Instagram post. He just Ooh. posted it, I'll, I'll and I'm it reading out. it as we speak. He oh. says he made one of the biggest coaching errors in his career. That, uh, that quote, I'm sure, is going to haunt me for some time to come. Going into the third round, I thought for 100% sure we took rounds one and two. Regardless of, what that, of, of if that was true or not, I should have pushed him to work up in the third, and I didn't. Win, lose, or draw, I'm so proud of the improvements that Tim has made in the last year. His willingness to learn and be coached is what makes him so incredible. Uh, I effing hate losing, but it's part of the game. Regardless, this dude is my dog. We've been through worse losses than this one. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. There's only one Tim Elliott. So, James Krause, I mean, what a guy. What a dude. One of the best coaches in the game. Take responsibility. Yep. He's very he aware on this card. Almost He's very aware. Card. He almost bought himself. <laughs> That's hilarious. Glad to hear hear the coach say that. Yeah. Yeah. What else we got? There's a lot of coach coaching uh, uh, stuff that happened. Today. Coaching storylines today, wasn't there? What was uh, Chris Gutierrez thinking? Mark Montoya for like saving his life. Yeah. Uh, and then earlier on the card, who was it? Who else was it that like made sure like oh, I got to pull my coach in here. I got to thank my Loopy. coaches. Uh, Loopy. Yeah. Yeah. I was going. Yeah. To there was a, this was the coach, a lot of coach like we saw about a lot about the relationships between fighters and coaches today. It was very intense and very. Again, this was a really nice card just to be able to focus on these sort of things and not have our brains exhausted by 12, 13 fights, just beating us into submission. So, again, I don't know if it's because the storylines were prevalent or we're just less exhausted, but I really enjoyed what we saw today. Uh, Axel Adams. Do you guys think commentators should keep people's personal and family life situation out of the live broadcast? Like mentioning Randy Brown's father's incarceration. So, um, I mean, there's some you just can't avoid, right? And then there's there's other ones. I don't think like Anakin 
as well researched and as well prepared as Anakin and Felder are, I don't think they're like digging into Wikipedia and like clicking on all the numbers to see all the different stories. I feel like they take a lot from these fighter conversations, these fighter interviews that they have leading into these cards. And I'm sure this is information that, that Randy offered up himself. And if they're using those interviews, chances are they're going to make the broadcast. And I think the fighters are well aware of that. So I think there's certain situations where, yes, you keep things, you know, on the vest, but I don't, I don't know if I have a problem with this one because especially when you're dealing with guys like Anik and Felder, something tells me that this is something Randy talked about and he's very passionate about, and this must have meant something to him uh, more so heading into this fight than maybe some of his other fights. Your thoughts on that, AK? Yeah, it's you know, listen, they have, they have, like I said, they do the interviews. They have a lot of notes prepared. Uh, doing It's live commentary. You've got to find ways to sort of fill the air sort of when things aren't happening. So, I mean, during the Brown-Gooden fight, uh, it wasn't a slow fight, but like we said before, the injury made it kind of less action-packed than it might have been. So if you're a John Anik, you're kind of like you're watching, you're listening to your partners. If they're not saying something, you're like, okay, well, I got to interject here. Uh, I got to I got to add something to this broadcast. So in his notes, clearly he has this story, but it's a little awkward definitely to bring it up because they might start telling, talking about it, and then suddenly there's a burst of action, and then they're, they're, there's a scramble of conversation, and they might never come back to the story that they were like talking about. And so it comes off as very awkward, and you know, then people will clip it on Twitter, and it's like, oh, what was John Anik talking about? Why did he bring this up? And, and I've been critical of it before, too. I remember, um, I think it was Chris Gutierrez, Yes. I think in his last fight, uh, him and his opponent both had an issue. Andrew Ewell, thank you, an issue with uh, had the custody of their children. And it's a very sad story, and John Anna kind of brought it up almost out of nowhere and then didn't really get to explain the story properly because some action happened and then just never came back to it. And again, a lot of us, including myself, were like, was that an okay thing to bring up? Um, but there is, as Mike was saying, kind of an understanding that these guys want to share parts of their stories. And and, and again, it, 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 you know, it can be hit or miss. I think I think sometimes, and, and it's up to the liberty of the of the commentators. I think sometimes these things should be brought up. I think sometimes they shouldn't. Um, ESPN certainly, in general, uh, as people know, likes this kind of uh, oft occasionally tragic backstories. Um, there's a there's a lot of jokes about the NFL draft when they do the NFL draft. It's almost that's like tragedy the most porn. Agree, that's the most egregious, right? Right. And I think there's I think now that the UFC is on it is on ESPN. I, I think that these kind of stories and, and bring this stuff up during broadcast is encouraged, if not like they're told to do it. Um, but it's definitely encouraged. It's definitely not something ESPN is going to say, oh, why'd you bring that up? They're like, yeah, yeah, more of that stuff. Bring up, bring that stuff up during a fight. So uh, I don't know. Some people, I think some people really like it and appreciate it, but I understand others who are like, I just want to watch the fight and I just want to know surface level things about the fighters and not kind of these, um, you know, these parts of their background that seem like something like I wouldn't want brought up. But it's different for everyone. So, uh, yeah, it's a good question. I've always been on the, the boat where it's if the fighter doesn't care, then why do I care? If that makes sense. If the fighter doesn't yeah. have a problem with it, then so mm -hmm. be it. Because specifically for that one you talked about, uh, AK, with Chris Gutierrez and his last fight against Andre Ewell, I was backstage for that. I was at that card. That was the, I believe it was the Usman Burns card. And shout out to our colleague, I believe, Gabe, what's Gabe's last name? Gonzalez? Gabe Gonzalez, so, yeah. Miami mm -hmm. News, he at, straight up asked Chris Gutierrez, like, do you have a problem with them talking about this? And he said, I don't have a problem with it. Because I, they brought up on it, because it was both of them. And he's like, you know, it's part of the story. 
uh, if I if my story connects with someone else, then then so be it. So, but I remember hearing about it and being backstage. I'm like, that was very bizarre. I don't think we needed that. And then, mm-hmm. but then no, everyone was like, oh, you know, let's just concentrate on the fights. And Gabe asked, and he didn't have a problem. So, if he doesn't have a problem, I don't think anyone should have a problem. Anyway, yeah, I've done some pretty heavy interviews in the past with Chris Gutierrez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talking about that, they're very easy to find. Um, and yeah, it was just. I think like the first one I did about the subject, I mean, it was, it was heavy. It was about as heavy as it can get. He opened up. It was like when the wound was very fresh and he just opened up. And I mean, this story about Chris and everything he's going through, it's been out there for a while, like three yeah. or four years. He's done constant interviews about it. Um, so it's not news. So I, I don't, I feel like the commentators weren't like just digging deep for that one. Uh, the personal slash family life is cringe coming from the commentators. Let that be for the UFC slash ESPN promos. Fighters could have a say in how it's presented. Well, that's what we're saying, though. No, yeah, no, we, exactly. we, we, we kind of do have a say. Because I think also the big knock on like the contender series, every time like the contender series restarts, they show like all the promos of the upcoming fights, and they're all the same goddamn promo. Like, <laughs> I fight because I want to be the best, or I fight to give my family a better life, or like I fight because I had this. I'm like, dude, you could just copy and paste this with any person. And maybe it's because they're all up. They're all newcomers. So they're like, they're afraid to say the wrong thing. And they, they say what they're, they, they're expected to say. Maybe that's the answer. But, uh, I remember tweeting, like, I want to see, I want to change it up. Like say something just absurd. Like I fight because I want to fund my brother's passion of opening up a barbershop like something (laughs) i fight because my little kid wants to go to clown school and clown school is expensive or like something weird like that man you don't it's it's not about being the best every single time it just isn't there's other like derek lewis i like derek lewis's in straight up is like i'll punch anyone for money like just say that (laughs) why do you want to be a ufc fighter i don't know because i dropped out of college and they pay me to punch people like just say that yeah anyway i believe and i would believe you I believe you. Uh, Bufo on the beat. When was the last time we've seen as much blood as you did in the Jackson versus Rosa fight? I thought it was going to get stopped. Props to the doc for letting it go. That doctor rules, by the way. Great doctor. Our, our Let him bleed. Dave Martin comes back. Our colleague Dave Martin comes back and gets in the wind column. Good on him. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Good that way. was a great Good fight, man. Martin. Great fight. And Charles, the Charles Rosa win loss, win loss, win loss track just continues on. It's unbelievable. How he just, our, it's just one and one every single time. Our first two fights were super bloody, right? Wasn't the Garcia on Devera's fight pretty uh, pretty bloody as well? That was bloody too. That's all right. right. You know, hey, look, uh, the, the sponsor, that video game sponsor, Back for Blood, you better send some extra money these guys' way because they... <laughs> I thought it was Back Blood 4. <laughs> no, no, no. It is Back 4. <laughs> not Back Blood number 4. There's not a franchise called Back Blood. It's not the fourth... <laughs> game in that series no it's back for blood uh and uh i i, I thought it, it looked so cool like having that like the ad the ad itself was there and we just covered like by actual human blood so please i know uh well none of these guys got a we said none of these guys got a bonus right uh no all right so let's send these guys some extra cash please uh, jackson rosa garcia on tavaros please let's uh, let's help these guys out they, they really helped uh, advertise that game all right Anything uh else? A lot of a lot of comments on Romanov since we had that conversation. So I'm just a lot of them have been about the Espino fight. So I'm just gonna toss a few up there. Mm, I I think we talked about this on because remember after 
It was, it was before they booked the Espino fight, AK. A lot of listeners were like, we want to see Romanoff versus Espino. Yeah, yeah. And I hated wanted. that. I hated it. I yes. hated it so much. It's true. And it's true. For, almost for the reason that we're talking about right now. Like, <laughs> it just makes no sense. You could, there's so many heavyweights that need fights, and there's like such an opening for heavyweight stars that you could push both of these guys, and they can meet like two years from now when they're top 10 or top 15 or top 7. Why throw them in there now? It made no sense. And now we have a disaster on our hands. Unless you want to run this thing back right now. Like, I would love to see them run this thing back ASAP. Because, like Jose said, you got nothing else for them. Just throw them in there and, like, let's see what will really happen. Like, just do it. So, yeah. Uh, what aspect of Marina Rodriguez's game would you like to see her work on before she challenges the top three? This is a pretty good question. Uh... Jose, you were the one that picked Marita to win this fight. Uh, coming out of those 25 minutes, if there's something about Marita's game you would like to see her improve, what would that be? Uh, probably takedown defense or offense off her back, one of those two. Uh, either she goes through the school of Donald Cerrone and Carlos Condit where her best uh, wrestling defense is her offense off her back, if that makes sense. Like They were so good off their back with elbows and triangles and arm bars that people were maybe hesitant to even take them down because just because you got them on their back doesn't mean you're out, you were out of trouble a la like, uh, Don Cerrone versus like Mike Perry, like one of those kind of situations. Or she just needs to learn how to take, keep the fight standing. She did a good job against Mackenzie Dern in the later rounds, but I think Mackenzie may have just gotten tired and she also had been getting punched in the face a lot. Uh, so I just think she needs some sort of defensive grappling, whether it be wrestling or offense off her back or something, because she's obviously light years ahead of almost everyone at stri straw white striking her grappling, her defensive grappling or offensive grappling, I should say, just needs to catch up. But I think that's just the obvious answer. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, I think, uh, off her back, given her like long limbs, she could be really like a real pain in the ass to deal with on her back. She gets that offense going. But I also think uh, that, that would be number one. I also think maybe even uh, the ability to mix in her own takedowns, like just to change the change the tempo of the fight a little bit. Because, again, physically, she's got some great physical tools. Uh, and if she could, have, you know, the other way to avoid um, having to fight from the bottom is be on top. And so if she could mix in the occasional takedown, especially just dealing with these three specific names, uh, uh, Namajunas definitely the deadliest on the ground of the three, but I think if um, if she could get, again get on top of a, of a Zhang or a, or a Yoana or, or even Rose, even again even being in top position on a Rose uh, would probably be helpful. So her bread and butter should be her striking. Don't go away with that. But if you can add in a little bit of wrestling offense, it really helps you to win a five round fight. And again, she's she's got two of those in the bag now, so she doesn't need advice from us. But again, if we're talking about just one one more level up, yeah, I'd like to see. Um, we both said grappling offense, but I think also takedowns. Get stronger is my advice. I thought she looked pretty strong in this fight. I mean, that's I, I did. I thought she looked pretty strong. Um, there's not, I mean, obviously defensive grappling is something she would want to work on, but mm. she went, she was off of her back, mounted for four and a half minutes yeah. against Mackenzie Dern and did not get submitted. It reminded and, me uh, of the uh, Tim Kennedy, Hodger Gracie fight. When you mm. get Hodger Gracie on your back, nine times out of 10, that's a wrap. And Tim Kennedy survived and ended up winning. Yeah. I mean, that's impressive. I think to me, like, when you talk about those three names, especially Rose, when she goes at, like, she went in for some of those exchanges and tried to charge forward. She leaves her head up. She leaves her chin up there a little bit mm -hmm. from time to time. She gets a little lazy, a little sloppy. She's very effective because she lands stuff at such different angles. She, she makes people guess. But sometimes when she darts in and tries to be the aggressor, 
she makes some mistakes. And if you're up against a striker like Rose who can throw that quick kick up top or Joanna who can counter really well or Zhang Weili who just has like extreme power and only needs one or two shots to really put the lights out, you got to probably shore that part of the game up. But overall, I mean, no issue really with the grappling. I mean, that was my one thing. I was like, Mackenzie gets her to the ground. This fight's going to be over a minute later. And she survived over four minutes with her on the ground in some pretty hairy situations. Yeah. There were, she also, there were a few fights on this car that proved me wrong. Yeah, but yeah. she also blocked an attitude adjusted attempts uh, in the first round. Mackenzie got in there deep, got in there deep, and I thought she was going to pick her up with the John Cena attitude adjustment, and uh, great take, great, great, blocked it. She blocked it, hit it with the, hit with the elbows, and then should have hit her with the Brock Lesnar German suplex. But uh, again, that's we've talked about this. That next time, next time. Next time. She'll, she'll throw that out there. All right, anything else? All right. Uh, I only caught the main event in a random prelim fight. Any standouts? Uh, Maria Agapova yeah. is the biggest stand. If you're gonna watch card. one, if you're gonna watch one fight off the prelims, watch that one. Yeah, that fight was oh, awesome. Well, Agapova was on the main card. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the undercard you meant. Yes, yeah, so any undercard, anything besides. Okay, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, take like one more. How more? The best. We're gonna one. take two more because two more. One of them is. Well, very... Why do we? <laughs> why do we? Our pal, uh, I would, I would if I was him. We're gonna Our take, pal. we're gonna take two more because this individual has asked this question three times, and it's specifically oh. for Mike. Hold on, our pal, I just want to say our pal Jessica Crystal Crew uh, tweeted out earlier that uh, Wilder's gonna come out in the Jake Paul robot suit. There you that's go. gonna be his. <laughs> Wilder's wearing sixty pounds of armor, no <laughs> doubt about it. Keep, keep getting those things listed that 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 could be to your detriment in this fight when you probably will lose. Uh, shinier head. I don't know. Depends on the day. Today, Danish head's way shinier. I let mine grow a little too much. Danish head uh, gets very red, too. Anyway. Yeah, Danish got the shine. We're gonna we're gonna oh, close like on Tuesday. We're gonna close oh, on this. Oh gosh, one. this is a Jose question. This is a Top Jose three question. scariest Halloween movies, and did any of them give you nightmares? Uh, I, I love. If you want to say Halloween, like, are yeah, you talking like Halloween. specifically Halloween or just horror movies in general? Yeah, I'm in a group chat with uh, just Crystal Crew and yeah, our yeah. good friend New York Rick about, and we just trade horror movies. G- give us time. a good three. Give us uh, just I, specifically I, I, Halloween yeah. or just horror movies in general. Horror. The, the horror. scariest movie yeah, I've ever seen know. in my entire life is The Descent. I've seen it once and I'll never see it again. Cousin loves That's a good one. That was yeah. a, that is an absolutely petrifying movie. Uh, I'm a big found footage film. Grave Encounters I think is the best found footage outside of the Blair Witch Project. And then. I don't know. Friday the Thirteenth One is really good. I'm a big Exorcist fan too. Yeah, like, yeah, that was Exorcist. that was ahead of its time. The original Halloween was ahead of its time. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very excited for Halloween Kills on Friday. Yeah. Very excited. All right. I'm on that whole uh, Ari Aster kick. I like those really slow new horror movies. That I know some people hate, um, but I liked I liked Hereditary. I liked Midsummer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm a fan of those. So I get not, not traditional like spooky oh. scare stuff, but I definitely enjoy those. I'm a scream guy. Oh, I'm a scream guy too. I love the scream franchise, even though it's a clearly like the first one's great, and then everyone after is like. Big not, fan of so. Us and Get Out as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, uh, and I really liked It Follows. If anyone has not seen It Follows, I love I've It never Follows. Seen, I've never seen any of the new. Very charming. Movies. Very charming film. You very know charming. Very Conjuring. For? I thought the Conjuring was pretty well. I can't get into those. Conjuring takes place in Rhode Island. The house sure does. You know what? You know what movie I'm very excited for? Lamb. Yeah, that looks cool. Oh, 
I watched. That- I read some of the reviews. It's like the new A twenty four movie coming out. I watched. I read some of the reviews, and like during whatever like film festival it premiered at, like people had to leave because they were like so scared or like grossed out. Oh boy! So I'm very hyped for that, and it's also A twenty four, so you know it's going to be bananas. Anyway. We'll have plenty of Halloween talk coming up. I mean, it's, we're, we're, we're two weeks away. I want to end away. one more question. One more. We're going to uh, end on a fight question because this one yeah. is an interesting one. <gasps> Who will win a UFC championship? Wow, this is a great question. Anonymous, That's dude, so one, good. Two, three. That's so good. Who will win a UFC championship first? Carlos Barza, Islam Makachev, or Rob Font? Wow. That's a great question. Hmm. For our podcast listeners, we're just thinking. By the way, this is a, we're think, having a moment. Give a, us a moment of silent reflection. I will you say you should be doing the same. I think it's Islam. I think it's Islam too, and it's the main reason why I think it's Islam is because I think he will fight for a title before any of the other two will. I, I think Carla will fight the winner of Whaley Rose, and I think the winner of Whaley Rose beats her. Um. So I think Carla gets the first shot. I think Rob Font, like we said. I think the problem with Rob Font is there's like a huge queue in front of him and there's so many injuries in front of him that oh, yeah. I think just timing yeah, that's is going to be his biggest enemy. Like, especially if TJ comes back and fights for the title and then like, who knows if Alderman comes back. So I'm going to say Islam gets the belt. And I think in a, in a world where all three get the title, Islam has longest reign. Yeah, I'm, you're probably I'm, right. I'm just going to say who, who I'm going to Carla. I'm gonna say it, Carla. I, I, <laughs> she gets the rose. Rose beats uh, Zhang Weili. Rematch. Carla wins again. I, I love. Say, I, say I love the fact that Zhang Weili is at fight ready. Also, I think that Cobra makes, makes really a good point. Carla's already been a UFC champion. Oh, uh, thank you, Cobra. That's correct. She was the first. So who will be who will be the next to win a UFC? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think, I, that, that's all. That was a trick question. Thank yes. you, Cobra. We got we got fooled. We got fooled. <laughs> anyway. UFC is pushing for Islam, but again, like. <laughs> I think like Islam beating Dan Hooker is gonna is gonna be a nice win, no doubt about it. That that's a good win to have on the resume. I don't know if it like immediately puts you into a title fight though. He's gonna have to get one more win, and who the hell in the top five is gonna want to fight Islam? Is gonna, Islam's gonna beat Dan Hooker, and then he's gonna fight Tony Ferguson and beat Tony Ferguson, and then he'll probably yep. fight Benil Dariush, and then or get the title shot because Benil Dariush has done enough to get the title to get at least a number one contender fight he just had a I be, his first kid I don't know if it's a daughter or a son so uh, apologies to the Dariush family so he said he wanted to come back probably early 2021 anyway so but anyway lightweight rules Dariush, yeah. I think Islam is the man and he has the Habib factor like if they yeah. go if they keep going back to the to Abu Dhabi or if they hold another event in Russia anytime soon because Bellator is going to Russia. Why can't the UFC go to Russia in the future? That happens. Why would you not want Islam at least fighting in an number contender fight? Mm-hmm. I agree. And who knows? If Dustin Poirier beats Charles uh, Charles Oliveira, who you knows? Don't Dustin's... even say it. Don't even. Doors say are it. wide open. Don't listen. Doors are wide open. I thought you were about. He to can say fight what? anybody he wants. He can literally fight anybody he wants. Oh. He can go fight Connor. He can no, go fight Nate. Gonna... He can go fight anybody he wants. Nate's he doesn't even have fi- to fight a fifty-five. Nate's not fighting for Dustin Poirier for the title. Anytime soon. No, he would not. No, I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm saying Dustin will just be like, screw it. I'm gonna go up to 170 and fight Nate for two million bucks. I don't think or more. I don't think way they, more. I don't think they do that. Why wouldn't they? Because Nate Diaz has one fight left on his contract, and they want it to be the Connor fight. They're gonna wait that long, though. Yeah. <laughs> Nate, Nate Diaz. Has, Nate Diaz has been out longer. That's true. 
I'm also been on the train that Nate Diaz is getting, wants to fight Vicente Luque, wrap it up, and then go fight Connor outside the UFC and make a ton of money. It's possible as well. well this is conversations that just kind of spur off of an event. You never know. And that's anyway. the beauty of a nine-fight card. We have all the time in the world. It's only also, 8.08. Islam has to fight Dan Hooker. Have fun with that. That's a tough fight. <laughs> oh, that's true. This is that's true. a very, that's a very tough, tough fight. fight. Rob Font has to fight freaking Jose Aldo. Have fun with that, man. Like, all those fights, all like, I favor Islam and Rob, but those fights, like, this you're going to get hurt. Carla. This is why I pick Carla. She's getting a title fight soon. She's going to win. Right. <laughs> if Zhang anyway. wins, though, then she ain't getting a title fight soon. All right. Anyway, we're going to, we'll close it out. Now we're now people are just talking about who's going to get the, t- the shot. <laughs> That's a great question. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll answer that on BTL. That'll be like the final question. We'll go. just throw out random names on who will get a title first. So, <laughs> all right, we're out of here. We have See more guys. sports ahead. Uh, so keep it locked. MMAfighting.com. We have all your coverage, results, anything you can find in regards to Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder 3. That fight is going down in a few hours, but the card is going on now, at least the prelims, so you can follow along with the results and all that good stuff uh, over at MMAfighting.com. But until then, Jose Young's. For Alex K. Lee, AK, my best friend, I'll see you tomorrow morning. We'll yes, talk very soon. matchmaking. Uh, with on to the next one. I am Mike Keck. Enjoy the rest of the night, everybody. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.